Now you know who the most important one is. <laughs> hey, it's his first Sunday. He just turned four this past week, and this is his first Sunday to go to children's worship. He just wanted everyone to know, I guess. Uh, that's great. We are, by the way, for you don't, don't know, that's my grandson. Um, for these three weeks... Uh, Last week, this week, and next week, we are talking about leadership in the church, and we're working toward our shepherd group meetings next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. And I do want to say again, without being too repetitious, you should, if you're a member of this church, you should have received a letter by now telling you where your shepherding group is meeting. If you do not have that information, please let us know something went wrong in the process And uh, we do want you to know where your group is meeting. They all meet at 6 o'clock. You will be meeting with the two elders that are assigned, uh, particularly to watch over you and to be uh, careful about you. So uh, please um, uh, make sure you know that, and then please make sure you attend those meetings if you possibly can. Today we're going to be looking at two passages or two verses out of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, and then skipping down to verse 17 that deal with the leaders of our church. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the Word of God. Remain standing as we continue our song. Remember your leaders, those who spoke the Word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life imitate their faith. If you'll keep that on there just for a second, Chris. Uh, I'm not going to say much about this passage in our lesson today, but I wanted to read it simply because this is a passage that's dear to my heart. And every time I come across this verse, uh, I immediately start having a photo album go through my head of people who have gone before me, uh, people who have been influential in my life, who have led me and have deepened my spirituality. Uh, Remember our leaders, think about how they lived and look at the outcome of their life and be motivated to imitate their faith. Now verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls and will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with sighing for that would be harmful to you. May God bless the reading of our word. His word. There are passages of scripture that are deep and mysterious. There are scriptures that really just go into our souls and move around, and we don't exactly know what they mean, but they they heal us, they minister to us, and as we meditate on them, just they lead and guide us and inspire us. Well, today we're not looking at one of those passages, sorry. What we're looking at today is just practical stuff. These are passages that tell us how to do things, things that are very tangible. Uh, I, I enjoy stopping and thinking about things like this every once in a while because really our faith can become so ambiguous and kind of just uh, vague out there. But, but to have something to say, okay, now here's something that I need to think about. Here's something that I need to do and something that I can understand how to do that. And so here I go. I was reading the other day about um, uh, some college uh, entrances, entrance uh, papers that people were filling out and some of the results 
of the survey that were taken of the uh, entering freshmen that are going into college. And one of the questions that one of the colleges asked was, do you consider yourself a leader or a follower? Now, what's the answer to that question? Well, yeah, over 95% of entering freshmen consider themselves leaders. Now, that begs a question. Who's following? That's right. Now, to be honest, there's a couple of things there. One is that it could be that the kids that go to college are basically the leaders, you know, that they're the ones that, that go on and go to school. And so, yeah, but I don't know if that's true or not. And the other one is that, yeah, leadership is the Jesus answer, right? If you're in church and someone asks you who did something and you don't know, well, what's the best guess? Jesus, that's right. Uh, if they say, how long did something last, what's the best guess? 40 days, okay, you got the answers down. Well, if someone asked, are you a leader or a follower? Well, the correct answer is leader. At least that's just the way we tend to think. This is America, after all, and we're all leaders, and we all want to develop our leadership. And in some respect, that's true, because in some areas of our lives, each one of us is called upon to lead the way. However, we are not leaders in every aspect of our lives. We're not leaders in every organization we're a part of. We're not leaders of every family we come to be a member of. Somewhere along the way, we also have to learn the grace and the value of how to be good followers. Now, last week we talked about how our leaders are uh, divided up and, and how they lead this church, and we introduced them to you. Today we want to talk about what our role in their leadership is, because actually, not just 95% of the rest of us are involved in leadership in this church. Really, 100% of us in this church are involved in leadership. We each have a role to play. We each have something that we need to do to assure that the leadership of this church is the best that it possibly can be. Now, we talked about also last week how important it is for a church to have quality leaders. We talked about how important the whole idea of leadership is in the plan of God. Remember, we, we noticed how the Apostle Paul, when he went out and established new churches, one of the first things he did was to appoint elders among those churches. He did not want to leave the church leaderless. So since that is such an important concept to God, it's an important concept to us as well. So we need to ask ourselves the questions this morning is, well, what am I doing in leadership? How do I best contribute to the leadership of this church so that this church is led by the greatest leaders possible? Well, we have some suggestions here. Hebrews 13, verse 17, we read part of that, and part of it said about our leaders, they are keeping watch over your souls and will give an account. Now, that's a passage that we point out to the leaders, isn't it? The responsibility that you have accepted is a heavy responsibility. You have agreed, once you were called to leadership in this church, and we believe that the call to leadership comes through the Spirit and through God Himself, 
Because as we look about through the church asking who are the leaders of this church, we lift these men up in prayer, we lift the whole process up in prayer, and we trust that as we go through that process that God is leading and guiding us to bring to the forefront those men who have been chosen to be designated elders or leaders of the church. And so once that has happened, we have to have trust that the right men are there. And then we also charge them and say, you've got a heavy responsibility. You are keeping watch over our souls, and you will give an account of how well you do that. Well, that's what their responsibility is. What about ours? Let them do this with joy and not with sighing, because that would be harmful to you. The rest of us have a role in leadership in doing what we can to be easy and accessible and, well, to be good followers. And to do what we can to make the responsibilities of these men as pleasant with joy, he says, and not for it to be a burden in their lives, to be a flock that is responsive to the touch of our leadership as they are responsive to the touch of the great shepherd as he leads them. So that's what we want to spend these next few minutes talking about, just some practical things. What can I do as a member of this church to help our elders, to help our leaders be the very best that they can be and thus, therefore, helping this church to be the very best that it can be as well? So what do we do with helping our leadership? If we notice at the very first of that verse, it says submit to them. Oh, now talk about an un-PC word today. I mean, this is America. And submission is not something that we even like to think about. And the reason for that is we tend to think of it in sort of terms like this. Now, you see the elder is obviously the green guy because he's wearing the tie. All right. And that's sort of our idea of submission, that you've got people who are in charge and they snap their fingers and they say, this is what you do. And we're supposed to just bow down and say, yes, master, that's what we do. Well, that is not the true image of leadership in the church. For one thing, the whole concept of leadership throughout the New Testament is a servant leadership, leading by example, leading by ministering to others leading by enabling others. Jesus was the great example of leadership, and he said, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So this picture does not adequately depict what we're calling for when we call for submission to our leaders. Let's let Peter weigh in on this a little bit. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 is a passage we read last week. And in a portion of that passage, it says we need to accept the authority of the elders. Now, that is a willful decision on our part. That is a willful decision that we are going to place ourselves under the leadership of them. We are going to allow them to watch over us. We are going to allow them to care for us. And we are going to be respectful of them and how they lead and how they guide. Now, again, how do we do that? Well, we place ourselves under their care and leadership. And here we're going to get very specific and talk about 
some things that are very necessary for us if we truly want to help them out. One is an old Church of Christ phrase, place membership. I want to talk about this for a minute because if you get your concordance out and look up place membership in the New Testament, how many times are you going to find that? Now, why is that? Well, you know, we are a people that say we want to do things uh, the biblical way and we want to call uh, church things by biblical names. So where are we finding place membership? I've even had people that visited a church and, and came to a church for years and years and would never place membership because they said, I can't find that in my Bible anywhere. But let's back off and see what is this little animal here we're talking about? What is it that we call people to do? We were talking about this the other night uh, I'm in the elders meeting about what it meant to place membership. And we've pointed out that really it fits into how we view the church as a whole. I don't want to shock you, but you're sitting in a Catholic church. Now, some of you grew up in the Catholic tradition. You're well aware of that. You may not have known that by coming here where it says Church of Christ outside that you actually slipped into a Catholic church. Now, this isn't the Roman Catholic Church. It's not that group and that tradition. But the word Catholic means universal. And we are a tradition who believes in the universal church of Christ, the universal church of God. When you become a Christian, you are baptized into Christ and into his church. You cannot say, I'm going to be a Christian, but I'm not going to be a part of a church. That doesn't work according to Scripture. Because you are already in the midst of God's church. He has made you a part of His church. He has added you to His church, whether you like it or not. The question is, am I going to be a faithful member of God's church? Am I going to be a functioning member of God's church? Because he put you there into his universal, or if we want to use the word, Catholic church. Make sense? Well, if you want to be a performing, functioning member of the church, then you need to find a congregation of people to be a part of. You need to find a body to function in. And you need to find shepherds and leaders who will watch over you and care for your soul. Because that's the way God put it all together. That's his call to us. So yeah, placing membership is not a biblical term, but it's a biblical concept. That whenever you find that body of God's whole universal church that you want to be a part of, that you want to work in, you want to be a member of, then you must declare to the elders, we want to be under your care. We want you to be aware of us. We want you to watch over us. We want you to care for us. Yes, we even want you to correct us if that is needed. Now, that is so important for us to do in order to be identified because it really makes the elders' job much easier because who are they going to care for? We have 12 elders, and it's very difficult, really, for a church this size even for them to get around, but they do their best. But can you imagine, are they supposed to do that for all of San Angelo? For all of Texas, you know, where do you draw the line? Well, you draw the line amongst those who have come to them and said, we are Christians, we are children of God, we want you to be our shepherds, 
please watch over us. Make sense? Now I want to talk for a minute to our college kids over here and to also any of our military people here or anyone else here that comes to San Angelo just sort of for a brief time in your life. You're kind of just passing on through. And many of you have grown up in churches back home and you're still consider yourself members of those churches. And what do you do while you're here? Who are your shepherds here? And as we were talking about that, we talked about, you know, the way we understand in churches of Christ, according to our ecclesiology and polity, see, if you throw out big words, it makes it official, doesn't it, Brian? All right. Then, you know what you can do? You can have shepherds here, and you can have shepherds there. And while you're here for a short time, well, to you, I know, to old folks like me, four years is a short time, okay? But while you're passing through, And even though you're still a part of home, you can be a part of here. And you can let these shepherds know that here I am, I need your help, please watch over me while I am here. Let me be a part and a functioning part of a body here, even though I'm still tied back home. And so we're inviting y'all, we're inviting our military, we're inviting anyone who is here for maybe a limited amount of time to let us know while you're here. Let us know that you want to be a part of this church so that our elders will be aware of you and that they will help you and watch over you. Now that's very specific, but we're going to get even more specific. I warned you to fill out those cards. One of the first things that happens when someone's really struggling in their lives oftentimes is they quit coming to church. Uh, That may not be the best thing to do, but that happens a lot. And our leadership is well aware that that's a symptom, and that's something that can be noticed, that when someone hasn't been here for a while, something's going on. And since they are men who are charged with watching over us, they want to go find out what that is. We can help them with that by letting them know that we're here. It's a large group. They do their best to get around and see everyone. We have two services. Some people can't come on Sunday morning, but they come on Sunday night. And on and on we go. Well, how do they know that we're here? Now, we could embed microchips in each one of you (laughs) so that we can keep up with you and know that you're here. Or you could sign that card You know, we have these reports. These cards are entered into the computer. Bob Bruni is a faithful volunteer, and he comes and he puts it in every every week or so. And and the elders get these printed reports. And you know what happens when we pass these reports out about church attendance? They push their chairs back and they go, why is that? Because they're so incomplete, aren't they? You know, and so we spend the next two hours going through them saying, well, so-and-so hasn't filled out a card in six months. Well, yeah, but we see them all the time. We know they're here. So it takes all that time to go through and finally figure out who it is that we're not seeing, who it is that's having trouble. And you can help us out. So you can look at it in two ways. Either you can sign a card and help out the elders and let them know that everything's okay, you're going along, you're fine. Or you can sign a card, and that way they're not going to call you. If you want to look at it that way, that this is my defense, so that they don't call me because here's my card. Little things, but oh, they are so helpful. 
Because so many times people that are struggling sort of hide. It's not fair, but that's what we do. And therefore, they want to be good shepherds and go out and seek and to find. However, there's something else that we can do. James chapter 14. Any among you sick, what should you do when you're battling health problems? And really, you can extend this not just to your physical health, but to your spiritual health as well. What happens when something really major is going on in your life? Do you kind of hang back and see if anybody notices? Do you wait and see if anybody cares? James has a better idea. They should call for the elders and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, this principle cuts across so many things. These guys want to be your shepherds. They really want to give you the kind of care that you want and that you need. But you've got to tell them when you need it. It's only fair, and it's only biblical, that you call and ask. And they will be glad to come to you if that's what is necessary, if you are in the hospital, if you are confined to your home. They want to be available to you. And yes, they will pray over you. And yes, they will anoint you with oil if you request. Because after all, there it is. They also do other things. They, every time we sing an invitation song in this room, some of our elders are standing around on the perimeter of this room. They're there for you. And if you're carrying something in your heart that is a burden, whether it's a physical illness, a concern for someone else, for a spiritual struggle, they're there for you. Let them know you need them. After church, they go and they stand back close to the parlor down that back hall. They're there for you. Let them know if they can help. On Wednesday nights after class, the first three Wednesday nights of the month, they always meet in the conference room in the building behind us. And they're there for you as well as to do the business and all the agenda. They're also there for you. Go by and let them know that you need them. Make their job easy. Make their job one they can do with joy and not with sighing. Because the leadership of the church has a tremendous impact. The prayer of faith will save the sick. June Green gave a wonderful testimony about this. She, she and Al came to the elders not long ago when she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And she said that they're praying over them. I, hope, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think I remember. She said, I was upset. I was concerned. And their prayer brought great peace into my, my life. And it still is there. You know, this, the prayer of faith will save the sick. It goes on to talk about a little bit later. I didn't put it up there about the healing of diseases. You know, prayer does bring healing. Maybe not all the time. You know, sometimes these bodies are finally going to wear out. Something's going to get us. But I do believe in the healing power of God. And I do believe in the power of the elders' prayers over us. But the important thing is that James didn't say just necessarily heal. He also said save. And folks, when we're in trouble and when we're struggling with our health, whether it be physical or spiritual health, we need the salvation of the Lord. And to go and to ask the elders to pray for that and to pray for the peace and to pray for the strength is a blessing indeed.
I tell you what, our elders are wonderful men, but they could be so much more effective if we just let them be and ask them to be. A few other things we can do very quickly. Pray for them. It's interesting to me that in uh, Hebrews... Uh, I never can put these things in without... That's Hebrews 13. We looked at Hebrews 13, verse 17. Well, the beginning of verse 18, the writer says, pray for us. He's encouraging them to encourage their leaders, and then he turns around and says, "And pray for us. One of the great things that you can do for this leadership is to pray for them. Pray for them as a group. Pray for them by name throughout the week. Really uh, bring them up before God and ask for God to empower them and to give them wisdom and to give them strength to do the job that he has called them to. Another thing you can do is encourage them to their face to go up and just say, you know, we love you. We really care about what you're doing. And may God give you his peace and his power to do that. Uh, I want to tell you one more thing. Uh, You parents of younger children... Obviously, you guys are church folks, or you wouldn't be sitting here this afternoon. This, well, it is almost this morning. You know, you, you have a love for the church, and no doubt you want your children to maintain a love for the church as they grow up as well. There's two things that uh, when I was doing my graduate work on baptizing our children and what all that means, uh, I, I read several studies on, on faith development, and two of the most detrimental things that c- you can do to your kids to get them to leave church whenever they grow up is, number one, you can live a life that's not consistent with your profession of faith. Uh, If they see one person at church and another person at home, guess who they believe? You know? So you you need to live a life consistent. Not a perfect life. You know, kids are not stupid. They know that we're all uh, human and and you're going to make mistakes. But you still, your life at home needs to match your life uh, of profession and your life of faith. The second thing is uh, what you say about the people that are running the church. You know, uh, your attitude toward them. If every, every Sunday, at, Sunday at lunch, all they hear is criticism about what happened, what went on, and what people are doing, then guess what value they're going to place on the church. So encourage your leaders and be supportive of them. Uh, again, we're not lemmings. We don't just follow along behind and walk off a cliff with them. Uh, if you have concerns about what's going on with them, we'll go to them and address those concerns. They are men of humility. Uh, they will listen to you. They will consider uh, your insights and, and what it is that you have to bring to them as well. But as far as our, our stance is that we are faithful followers and we encourage them. Finally, here it is again. We began, we end with this. This shepherding group uh, meeting that we're having next week, next Sunday evening, we believe is a real turning point for this church because uh, our elders realize that these could be so much more and they could be such a great tool for connecting with you guys and having you guys connect to each other. And so we do hope that you have made arrangements to be there uh, and you'll participate in the shepherding group that, that you have been assigned to. All right. You may have come today to hear the gospel. We really didn't preach the gospel, but we talked about results of the gospel, Uh, how the gospel puts together a family, a family of people who are children of God, a family of people that love one another, a family of people that help each other through life. Our leadership is is a very important part of that. And the invitation that we're about to give you is going to be open. As I said, some of our leaders will be around this room. Go to them with whatever need you may have. If you want to put yourself under their authority and under their care, let them know that. If you need to put yourself under the authority of Jesus Christ through baptism, let them know that. 
Uh, whatever way that we can help you today, we stand ready. Let's stand and sing.